Today, we have a, an exceptional guest on our podcast, Anthony Flores. He's a Stanford philosophy graduate, he's a renowned copywriter, and he's a gamma god in the world of brainwave meditation. Welcome to Noble Warrior, Anthony. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So I am quite curious about how I was introduced to you. Our friend, our mutual friend, Dr. Drew, the chief architect of 40 years of Zen, he called you a gamma god. So tell us more about what that means. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> it... Um... I can, I can go back. So gamma, you know, I think probably a lot of people, it's a newer brain. I mean, it's, it's a more recently researched and certainly more recently trained brainwave. Um, you know, for those of you who are not, um, familiar with like all of the different brainwaves they're they're typically, um, there's a scale from like slowest to fastest with Delta, which we, what we experience at sleep being the slowest, then Theta, which is where we're like drowsy, lucid, dreamy kind of state. That's that's just above delta. It's a little faster, usually like three to seven. Above theta is alpha, which is more of like a flow state, gratitude, joy, um, brainwave, and then beta, which is what we're like awaken most of the time. And there's there's a range of um, of beta. There's some healthier sort of like flow state ranges of beta, and then there's some anxiety sort of ranges of of beta um a lot of drugs uh, a lot of people are sort of indirectly i think familiar with brain waves because um adderall and ritalin and, and sort of attention drugs will just artificially like stimulate beta so that you can focus a lot and that's um that's a particular range um and then above beta is gamma and that's like 40 hertz and above um and gamma is a very unique brainwave state in the sense that um, it's extremely electric and energizing and blissful, but it also, um, it's mystical, um, but it's also associated with like high levels of cognition and um, you can be calm also in it. So the monks that they studied, for example, and um, there was one study on this uh, Tibetan monk, they called him like the world's happiest man. Um, he produced high levels of um, at the University of Wisconsin, he produced high levels of gamma um, brainwaves, but he was just quite calm. And a lot of the monks in the studies, they would meditate on compassion. Gamma In high states of gamma, you're also um, very compassionate and feeling like one with all, all beings and all of existence. Um, so, so that's some context on gamma. And then um, I hadn't really heard of it. When I first got into neurofeedback and brainwave training, I learned about it through Dave Asprey, uh, the um, creator of Bulletproof Coffee, and he had um, partnered with a company called BioCybernaut that was doing these um, intensives where for one week you would train alpha brainwaves and then um, um, basically you would work with a therapist and you would do forgiveness work. So you would, they had a really unique process in the sense that um, they use technology to like scan your emotions and they would see where emotions you were not like in denial about. And then they would find things in your life that you could forgive that were sort of like connected to those emotions. And then you would go and you would train your brain and in a deep state where you had access to more of your unconscious, you would forgive and you would see 
your brain waves start to, to like your alpha brain waves, you could literally see them go up in real time as you forgave and as you let go of more and more. And so I started doing that. Um, and it, I, I began sort of, I began unlocking this like gift for controlling my brain waves. That was, that was a little bit unique in the sense that I could use, um, and we could talk about this more in depth, but I was using energy in my nervous system to modulate my brain waves. And so I could shift my state and then just move more energy and current through my nervous system. And that would give me higher and higher levels of alpha. Um, but I didn't really know anything about gamma. Then when I met Dr. Drew, he was the first person that I met who could actually measure and train gamma waves. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. And then it turns out that like what I was already doing produced even more results in, in, the, <clears throat> in the gamma frequency. And so that just started unlocking. And I started, because um, one of the things that's really cool about um, neurofeedback is it's, it's in this process that we'll probably talk about more, it's an accelerator for, um, I should also give people some context. Neurofeedback is essentially, um, it's a technology where they put electrodes on the scalp and they read brainwaves through EEG. Um, and then um, you get like a sound um, that rewards your brain for producing more of a particular wave. So whatever the wave you're training you will hear more like chimes or bell sound, whatever the sound that's selected. And then that reward like mirrors back, um, you know, like positive, that's how the brain learns. It's, it's, um, it's just one of the core behavioral models that the work is based on. And you see it, um, the brain, once it sort of locks in and it starts saying like, oh, if I, if I produce more of this wave, I get more, I get more sound. It just accelerates it more. And it also gives you the ability, what I like about it is it gives you the ability to like try different things mentally and emotionally and energetically while you're in that training process. And you can see um, in real time what actually gives you more feedback, more sound, more of that brainwave. Can you, can, then, you pause, can you pause real quick? Yeah. When you say mentally, physiologically, can you say more about that? What does that mean? <laughs> yes. Um, because a lot of um, it's easy to think uh, in the context of brain waves that um, it's all mental, but in reality, it's like our whole state affects uh, the brainwave levels that we're producing. It's not just what we hold in mind. It's what we feel in our bodies. It's even that the energy that sort of is in our, that it moves through our nervous system. And I think what allowed me to have such um outlier results in neurofeedback is that I saw that very quickly that like whatever I would think would only move the needle a tiny bit in terms of the feedback and the sound that I got. But if I like expanded my, my emotional and energetic feeling state and I moved more, um, more current or more energy through my nervous system and through my body, that would like skyrocket my, my, my brain waves. And so that gave me like a greater ability to control and access higher levels of um, amplitude and coherence in the, the neurofeedback process. Mm, interesting. So this is my simple, my trying, trying to grasp this, the phenomena, the phenomenology of emotional state, like say joy, as an example, uh, 
there is a uh, brainwave component to it, let's say gamma wave or whatever the mm -hmm. wave is. The cause and effect can also be flipped. So I can actually intentionally think about a joyous moment, a joyous phenomenon, and then also trigger the, the brainwave as, as well. Is that yep. what I'm hearing accurately? So it's cause and That's effect. Accurate. Yes. Yeah. If you can, forward. if you can consciously generate more joy or gratitude, um, like you would produce higher levels of alpha and gamma at the same time, if you train those and your brain just starts to learn that will also produce like by um, just the optimization, like the increase in production of those waves, you will generate more more joy and more of those those feelings so it works both ways you're right so so here here's a question i have as a follow-up there is then putting yourself in let's say gamma wave more would mm -hmm. then sustain your joy so for example let's say i have mm -hmm. a thought of children laughing or you know this one time i went to joshua tree or burning man whatever the case may be is mm -hmm. a joyous moment that mm -hmm. is a trigger for my gamma waves to fire and then through the uh, repeated practice, then I can sustain that joy even without the the initial trigger triggering memory. Is that an accurate reflection? Yes. Or is that too much yes. projection? No, no. That's um that's actually a huge insight um that you're you're bringing up um and it's something that I've been considering more and more deeply because I think um one of the most I think one of the, the keys to being happy, to performing um, at higher levels as a human being, um, if you believe in the phenomenon of like manifesting or attracting or however, whatever language, not everybody is comfortable. For some people, that's too woo-woo. Some people, that's all they, that's all they know. Um, but there's, there's even, there's science around that um, in terms of what we hold in mind and our state sort of reflecting our reality and creating or, or, or manifesting, but part of um, so much of that depends on your ability to stay in a continuous state, your ability to modulate your state, and then even um, to be so strong in that state that I don't even think you, you hardly have to self-modulate it. It just self, it self-perpetuates. Um, and one of the things that uh, I think one of the big gifts of brainwave training is um, your capacity to sort of remain in state um, uh, more continuously and uh, to in a more amplified way. Um, as I've gotten more into uh, into this, uh, like like for people, let's just take for example, um, people who want like people here. Oh, if I hold something in mind and I feel like I'm already there then that's the secret like that, you know, to manifesting like what I want. But most people, for example, um, it's very difficult for them to continuously hold in mind and feel what they are creating without getting distracted, breaking the state, the, the roller coaster of feeling up and down. But if you can control your brain waves, um, you can essentially stay in a high state more, more throughout the day and more continuously um, and in theory, have more um, creative potential to actualize like whatever you want, because you're not you're not dipping in and out of the zone like like a lot of people are. And your your thoughts are more. Um, I believe that our thoughts are sort of a byproduct of our state. 
rather than a lot of people think of thought as the creator of state and they certainly influence our state. But I think um, a lot of times our, our thoughts are just a reflection of the state that we're in. And if we can actually like raise our state, you'll notice that your thoughts can change almost instantaneously. So, so there's a few different directions we can go with this. But I, so, so two things. One was a leading indicator versus a lagging indicator. That's one. Yeah. The second one I wanted to follow down uh, the rabbit hole is the different flavors of states, you know, after repetition mm -hmm. or immersion of these states. So uh, I'll start with, with the first. So what you're saying is uh, a thought isn't a leading indicator of a phenomenology of joy, as an example. It's actually a, you experience this first, then it's a lagging indicator, then you have a thought. Is that an accurate reflection of what you said about that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I, I mean, it's an interesting, one of the, one of the ways I think someone can, um, can verify that is um, a lot of times we see this in meditation, but we see this in life. We, um, we have a thought that we don't, uh, we don't like, or we don't maybe feel is is supportive or aligned with who we are, or what we want to create. Um, and then, but what, what, we, what happens is that we tend to identify with that thought and then analyze and dialogue and go in. And it, all the while it's sort of staying at the same energy level. And in general, um, we'll notice that the thought doesn't really, we're sort of stuck on a, on a, on a track of like, <laughs> like a dog chasing its tail. Um, Rumination. Yeah. And, and what, yeah, what I've seen is that if I observe a thought that is like lower, um, for me, like you said, it's a, um, it's a lagging indicator of the state that I'm in. And then I have just the, the, what I've been talking about in terms of developed the capacity to be like, oh, well, I can just energize my state more. I don't, I don't need to care. I don't need to give the thought any concern at all. I can actually just energize my state of being more. And then immediately what I'll notice is that that thought becomes irrelevant and like new thoughts uh, will appear on the screen of consciousness that have nothing to do with that and that are much more supportive or aligned or, or um, in synchrony with what I want to create. And so that is, um, yeah, so I think we're saying the same thing, but. I'm just deepening the explanation. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why you're the the guest. <laughs> <laughs> I want to understand how how you think about uh, about this. So on the surface, though, some people may say, "Hey, but that's bypassing. You're you're actually ignoring the thoughts, the content of what's going on, rather mm -hmm. than you know embrace it, loving it." yeah treating it and feel it fully so can you say a little bit more about how that is or that is not bypassing yeah that's a good um that's a good point um i would say that most thought is actually like bypassing uh, mm. i would say 99.9999 percent of our our thought is actually um emotional and energetic and like state bypassing and that we get caught in this um maze or um 
uh, like dog chasing its tail circle of analyzing and interacting with our thoughts as a way to avoid feeling what's going on beneath the, the beneath the layer of thought. And um, you don't always have to go like, you know, I can have a thought that is low or um, uninspired or, or negative. Um, and I don't have to immediately shift my energy into a high state. I can also say, okay, like what's beneath that thought? How do I feel beneath that? And then go into the emotion, the underlying emotional state that is beneath that thought, feel into that, um, feel that fully, uh, allow that to transform or to alchemize. And then that will also transform the state that you're in and then also produce new thoughts. My point is that thought is like almost never the, the, the thing to look at. And the content, especially like thought is an energy and then thought has content. Um, I think if you think of, or if you look at it more energetically and you treat it more energetically as a process versus as a, a con the, the content, I just think is mostly irrelevant. Um, it, yeah. And so for all the reasons that, for all the reasons that I've explained and I've made the most progress and you really see, that's where I, where I like about this brainwave process and training process that I've been talking about is that, um, you really see uh, there's no change in your, there's very little change. And it's like, it's very, um, brainwaves are suppressed when you're interacting with the content layer of thoughts. But when you address and you confront sort of the energetic of thoughts and the emotions, like I was just saying, and sort of the whole, the whole aspect of your state, that's when you have the breakthroughs and you really see like your, your brainwaves will shoot up uh, exponentially at that point. So there are a lot of different schools of thought when it comes to, shall we say, consciousness development, spirituality development, all these things. Um, so I'll, I'll share a quick story about myself. So I started thinking about using the mind, you know, using the rational mind to unpack whatever is stopping me, my limiting belief, all these things. And the more I did it, useful, but not as useful as I will want. Because then I realized I was just psychoanalyzing and creating more and more content yes. rather than really getting to the root of it. And, and then, then later on, I realized it is the felt experience, right? The deeper stuff, the emotions, the, all these other things that ultimately helped me unlock the things I kept me stuck for all these years. So um, these days, part of my principles that I teach is a it doesn't matter why you have certain content. It's more important that you process them. You, you experience yeah. it fully. And that's actually the more direct way rather than trying to analyze like, oh, why did I have that thought? Was it because of my childhood trauma or what's the origin story? And what's, you know, all that narratives to me, again, useful, but not uh, the most direct way to do that. Yeah. And you, you've, um, we, we've talked about this a bit, but I know you have experience in like plant medicine and you've done research on that. And I think anybody who's done, uh, whether it's ayahuasca or NBMA or ketamine or whatever the, the, those um, psychedelic um, compounds that they've tried, one of the things that I think to me is like very obvious about that experience or those experiences and like why they're so powerful is that I think 
um, it dials up our energetic and emotional sensitivity and it sort of dials down our our level of attachment to the to the content i think most people walk around so fixated on content and so disconnected from the felt experience and and it's in a psychedelic experience you're like well no here's all like way more sensory information way more energetic information way more emotional information and then all of a sudden it's not like the content disappears but then it's like you just see that the content is is such a uh, one ingredient in this like vast recipe of like the of the experience and so it's like it has its it goes into its proper place in that in that way versus um the way that it dominates the typical human experience and then that allows for really profound experiences and breakthroughs so I well, let me actually go back to the bio that you sent me. You said that you have set records when it comes to brainwave. Uh, what do you call it? Brainwave meditative state. And yes. Well, number one, I didn't know that there's such a thing as a world record of sorts. It's not <laughs> I a world. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a world record. It's a record in. Uh, so in a lot of these trainings that I, I'll explain it. The, a lot of these trainings that I've done they have had really um, amazing people. Like one of them, the first one that I mentioned by cybernaut has had like Tony Robbins and Jim quick and um, you know, really uh, impressive people, um, you know, politicians, a lot of, a lot of amazing people. And then um, 40 years of Zen has also had a lot of impressive people come through that. And so of all the people that have, um, have come through those trainings, uh, to my knowledge, like I had the highest gamma, uh, alpha and delta brainwaves of like, of that were recorded in those. So it's sort of like records for those, um, trainings. Honestly, I think that there's, um, there's probably masters and monks and like gurus out there that have way higher, um, you know, gamma levels or delta levels or alpha levels than I do. I think what's unique about me is that I haven't done the 50,000 hours. I haven't sat in a cave for decades or been in an ashram forever. And um, like I, I have a normal life and sort of I found what appears to be more like a potential shortcut. I think most people are interested in like, well, I'm never going to go and, um, and be a monk. I have to have a family. I have bills to pay a uh, relationship. I've got to live in the world. So how do I find peace uh, and joy in the midst of like my everyday life and experience? And my hope is, is that I can help, you know, speak to that more for people and how they can get there um, and whatever is like their highest potential, uh, you know, more directly. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, the householder path versus the, yes. the monastic path, right? <laughs> yes. To, to be of the world, to be in the world rather than, to uh what's the word i'm looking for to uh give in up the world yeah yeah, yeah. exactly all together so um you have an owens you okay so so tell us a little bit more about the journey the subjective experience right because you weren't always a master of brainwave meditative states right and then you through years months however many times of cultivation yeah. and then you achieve quote unquote these 
states, these really high uh, states, you know, alpha and gamma and all these things. Just explain to us a little bit of, okay, so this is who I was before, the subjective experience is this, and now through the progression of this, and this is what it feels like today. Yeah. Yeah, before, um, um, I think I was always like a kind person, always like, and I was pretty pretty good probably at like just being calm and not not being too anxious or stressed out, but I definitely did feel anxiety. There was like, before I did my first um, brainwave training, I was like, uh, I'd gotten out of a long relationship and um, my business had gone down and I was like very taking a lot of caffeine, like concentrated, super, super concentrated coffee, um, modafinil, which is like a wakefulness drug that some biohackers take. It's pretty strong. And then um, even a tiny bit sometimes of like Adderall on top of that. Um, and so I was like on a fast track to really like burn out and just and wreck my, my nervous system. Luckily I was floating a lot at the time when I was doing that. And that was sort of like one of the floating early- is in flow tanks, right? Yeah. Flow tanks. Yeah. Sensory mm-hmm. deprivation, which, um, for people who, who can't access like neurofeedback, um, there is some really interesting technology coming out later that we'll talk about more, but, um, uh, but for anyone who, who, you know, the clinical neurofeedback is kind of hit or miss. Um, I don't necessarily always recommend that. Like you've got to find the right, right practitioner. Um, and, and these intensives are, are quite expensive. You know, they can be 10,000 or $15,000 for the week. So it's not in everyone's budget, but, um, float tanks, I think really helped me do, I was doing it like a few times a week, um, mm. during this stressful period and for months for many months. And that I think, um, really helped my nervous system and deepen my, my meditative capacities a lot. So I, I highly recommend that, but, um, yeah, I was sort of all over the place. My life was very, my life was very chaotic. I wasn't able to, um, make the changes that I wanted. Um, but after the first experience that I had, I experienced a big shift in my, just my, one of the most powerful things about this journey is like just your, your, your baseline. It's one thing to be able to like control your brainwaves or go to highs, but what's actually more important is, um, just having a higher baseline of, of joy, a higher baseline of gratitude, a higher baseline of, um, of peace or calm. Um, and that's a lot of what, um, I observed as I do these things during the week of training, I would experience these like extraordinary mystical experiences and these huge highs, but what, um, and I could, I could go back to those through like my ability to control my brain waves. But what I found to be more valuable was just being in a higher baseline state of happiness um, to where, you know, as I progressed over time, and this is like where it's at now is that I just don't ever really get, like I can have a lot of pressure with work, a lot of financial challenge, you know, a lot of like stressors and things that I was thinking about this the other day, because even now I've just got so much going on. And um, I was like, wow, I think a lot of people would be, um, would, would sort of have like be very nervous or anxious in this state. It just sort of, I was able to stand back and be like, wow, I don't have any nervousness or anxiety with like huge workload and all these commitments and all of these things going on. And um, that's, I think, a testament to a lot of this, this process. Um, the other thing I, I've noticed 
that is a little bit like what I was talking about with manifestation, but I think um, it is uh, like, I think that human, we human beings are like magnetic. I think that we, um, the more that we become our true, we align with our true selves, our true nature, um, we start to just like emit um, an energy that other people just like resonate with more and that it, it tends to draw people and opportunities and experiences in. So I've noticed um, this continual acceleration over the years and especially an intensification of that over the last two years where uh, I just have attracted um, like one example is that um, I started hosting parties at my house and at like one of the, you've been to, you've been to some of them. Um, one of the parties that I hosted, um, I had a friend who is a crypto billionaire and I didn't even know that he was. And he had a mentor who's also super successful in the space. Um, and I had been having dreams and visions of a, a group of like conscious, wealthy, empowered leaders, basically who, um, would work with other leaders and use tools like neurofeedback and crypto and um, biohacking and, and vision and exercise, like all these different things to basically raise the consciousness of leadership and have a positive impact um, on the world. So I started having those visions um, from, from the very beginning of like my neurofeedback journeys. And then um, like uh, a year ago at one of my parties, these two billionaires just come up to me and they're like, Hey, we want you to help us create this group that is going to transform humanity and raise consciousness. And so we created the, the group together and um, it's going amazing. Like, and now it's, especially right now with um, like excitement and interest in crypto sort of like regenerating even more, like it's even getting um, it's growing further, but there's just opportunities like that, that always are, are now like constantly, um, uh, people and, and cool things like that will just sort of come to me um, without me even trying or seeking, seeking it out, or maybe just having a vision, but not even knowing how it will come into being. Um, and I think as we, um, we like brainwaves, I think are also sort of like signals. They're signals that get sent out or broadcast and each signal kind of carries different information or different layers of information. I think what we would broadcast on alpha would be different than what you would broadcast on gamma and theta and so on. Um, and I can talk a bit more about how I personally like use those different waves for different, um, for different functions. But um, I think being able to just like become a more powerful antenna in the world um, is very valuable. It's the, very useful, very valuable. So, Number one, let me just say, awesome. Thank, congratulations for the transformation from someone who is a everyday householder who is pretty calm but still has stresses to now mm -hmm. today where you can be, shall we say, equanimous, joyous, mm -hmm. right? uh, objective uh, observer, even when the external uh, stresses of everyday material life still is there, right? You can actually just watch like, Hey, you know, I'm still thriving, even though there's <laughs> a lot of stresses. That's amazing. Yeah. And also amazing that you quote unquote attracted these type of people in your life. Okay. So I'm there with you. I agree with you. And let me, you know, now use the, the voice of a, a skeptic now. 
Yes. Hey, Tony, you were very blessed. You know, <laughs> is it, are you sure it's not confirmation biased, right? You, you know, retroactively say, oh, yeah, this is why these good <laughs> things are happening to me versus the causal relationship. Like, hey, I did all these things and now I'm, I'm calling forth, I'm evoking um, um, these great opportunities that, that's, uh, that's in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, well, it's, it's interesting. I would say, um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a specific, like how I would respond to that isn't, isn't necessarily universal, but I'll give you like a personal response that I think, um, like illustrates like why I think it's more energetic and frequency, um, based then um there everything is complex so a lot of it is like actions that i took the positions that i put myself into um it's never any one thing but in the context of even this um crypto um consciousness group that i mentioned um i'm not like a i'm not like i'm getting better at crypto but at the time i was like inexperienced and i don't have i didn't have crypto wealth or um, anything like that. Um, and so what was interesting about these, um, these two really, really high level individuals in the space, like knowing that I'm not a crypto expert, knowing that I don't have, I didn't have crypto wealth at all, why they wanted to make me like an equal part of what they're, they're doing is it's like, there's something that they sense on a, on a consciousness level or an energetic level or in a happiness level or whatever you want to call it. I don't know the right word because everybody will have a different definition of that. But, um, and yes, I have some like marketing skills and like some business skills. It's not like I'm just like sitting there like a Buddha um, in the corner. <laughs> just listening. <laughs> out. But right. um, your householder. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. But it's, it's, um, it was largely, uh, it, it was largely about my, um, there's just no other way to put it. Like my consciousness or, or, or um, energy or in terms of like that, that quality of being that I would bring to the, to the group. Um, and that's sort of my point, whatever you want to say about like law of attraction or manifestation, um, the, the quality of being like who we are and, and like that, that um, cultivation of the, the being that we are from moment to moment that determines so much of our reality and our experience and ultimately the opportunities that we have access to in life because people want to be around other people whose being makes them feel really good. And so if your being is like jo a joy to be around for people, they're going to want to include you in um, things, businesses, parties, masterminds, whatever it happens to be, podcasts <laughs> that um, maybe you wouldn't access, you wouldn't be able to access if um, if your being were like more, fric you know, were a cause of friction or didn't make people feel good. Um, and, and all I'm saying is that I think a lot of, or part of what I'm saying is a lot of uh, this work in terms of, um, and some of it's plant medicine, some of it's brain waves, and plant medicine, by the way, is like one of the most profound ways to also change your brain, your brain waves. Like what I've, what I've seen in terms of research, and, and I can also say 
from my own experience, having done so much training that um, uh, it doesn't always require, like brainwaves are always present. So um, doesn't need tech, you don't need technology to change your brainwaves, just feeling gratitude in a moment will actually change your, your brainwaves. But um, a lot of the research on um, psychedelic experiences usually shows high levels of, of at least theta and gamma um, brainwave activity um, during, during the experience. And I've seen that for ketamine, I've seen that with ayahuasca, um, um, MDMA, I haven't really seen analyzed, but I imagine there's a lot of gamma and alpha and joy uh, joy focused, um, brainwaves. And, and so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a profound way to do the work. And all I'm saying is like, um, I just want to inspire people to keep doing that work and becoming more powerful transmitters <laughs> in the world. Yeah. So like I said, I was giving voice to skeptical, you know, responses. My, my, my point I'm mentioning that is this, this is what I get, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, my job as a mindset coach is to support people to engineer their internal narratives, whatever their narratives may be. Hey, if they like law of attraction and this helps their life, fantastic, yeah. do that, right? If they like how to win friends and influence people, be a high vibe person everywhere you go, fantastic, go do that. In mm -hmm. the end, I just want people to have a great life, you know? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> this produce results, you know, hey, go try it. If it works for you, fantastic, do it. So, um. I do want to dive in deep a little bit. Uh, Viktor Frankl said this beautiful quote, I always refer back to it, between stimulus and response, there lies in the space. And in that space lies our freedom and growth. Yeah. Mm. Um, so since you have quote unquote master brainwave states, you can be at high, high alpha or delta or gamma or whatever the case may mm. be. You have a lot of options in between that stimulus and response. Yeah. Mm. So, how do you choose? Like, hey, I just want to feel transcendent, right? Like I drink ayahuasca, or, you know, all day today. Or, you know, you have that finer control versus, yeah, you know, other people do not. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, how do you choose? Oh, today I want to feel moderately <laughs> joyous, but not transcendent where I'm one with god and all, like how do you like what goes through your mind since you have that fine control yeah that's a that's a that's a really good really good question um i mean i think you know i would say that over the last um here, here's the interesting thing about my journey and my story as well is that um you could say with all this like brainwave stuff that i've done is that like i have a a supercar like I have all I've, I've created all of this capacity it's like a very sophisticated engine in terms of modulating my state um but it's one thing to have have that like have that supercar it's another thing to like know how to drive it um and so I still am very much in the process of of learning how to drive like how to how do I actually use all the gifts and use all of these capacities in a way that serves me in all of these different ways and that helps is helpful to others and um and that's that's a learning curve and just because you can tap into um super super brain states um that doesn't mean that you don't have like it doesn't automatically clear oh well 
I'll say, I'll say this, a lot of, a lot of the brainwave work will kind of put you face to face with traumas and with sort of like inner limits. And then you do have to um, feel through those and break through those if you want to keep going to higher levels. But um, can you pause you, on that real quick? Actually, yeah. in my mind, because I did it with Dr. Drew, very, very brief, you know, mm -hmm. sessions. He just hooked me up to effectively a video game with, you know, to my brainwave and then I can watch what it works. Yeah. And I'm projecting this correctly if I'm wrong. Um, based on what you said, there's probably some kind of prompt while you do that. Is that accurate? Or like, how did, how did you come up with I know the type that you're talking about um, where you watch the video game, that's SMR. So that's like more of a flow state. Generally, you're, you're training SMR brainwaves when you're doing the video game. And that's, that's more of like a flow state performance brainwave. Whereas um, a brainwave that, I, that you would utilize more for healing would be like alpha, theta, or, or gamma. Uh, Gamma is a little bit rare in the sense that like people haven't developed protocols for utilizing gamma to heal, but like in alpha and theta, there are some existing protocols where you can kind of go back into your past or into trauma and then go through processes that will allow you to transform or uproot or clear or rescript um, things that happen in such a way that you, um, you actually like heal on a deeper level. Um, and it's actually to continue advancing in those brain waves. It's actually like a necessity that you do that. If you want to like alpha, for example, so you start to feel what typically happens in alpha is like, you can, you can increase it by feeling like a level of gratitude or joy and, and feeling that gratitude or joy sort of like expand into the space. But what happens is that you'll start to hit a limit of how joyful or how grateful you can feel and how expanded you can feel. And as you hit that um, limit quite often, like uh, a trauma or a fear or some kind of contractive element will like appear. And then you've got to work with that um, and you can do forgiveness or you can use any number of tools. But, but if you actually work with it successfully in that state, then your alpha, then your level of joy and like your your you can actually see on the charts your alpha will go up. You'll go into like a more an even more expanded state, an even more grateful or joyful state, and that's part of the beauty. Um, that's part of the beauty of the work. Um, but the point that I wanted to make in bringing all this up is that um, just because you can like like someone like me can control my brain waves, it doesn't mean that like. I had necess necessarily transcended all of like my own limiting patterns or, you know, things like I would see recurring things still in relationships where I wouldn't like speak up, like, like I don't know, speak out a need or I would, I would repeatedly be drawn to sort of like the same type of woman that wasn't necessarily like the best type of person for me, like stuff like that, um, that wisdom still has to be built through experience, it's just like having more brainwave access. Um, I think what it does is that it can speed up the cycle because you're just more present and more conscious, but there's still no substitute for actually doing that work and being present and, and being conscious of like your whole, um, your whole process. 
And so um, that's a that's a big part of my 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 journey as well. And like where I put a lot of tension in the last couple of months, as I started to like really want to understand um, how I could utilize brain brain waves to manifest more, to actually or alter reality in my reality in some way and impact um, have impact on, you know, more people and expand my vision of what's possible and to create more in the world. Um, I started to realize how <clears throat> I wasn't, there was a, there was a way in which I was not um, as conscious or intentional about all my thoughts and about, um, but not, not content of thoughts, but more about, the um the the sort of capacity of of like what i was holding in mind and so the I intentionality started, what you wanted intentionality to exactly yeah. mm -hmm. to where i started becoming hyper conscious of like my intention and what i was holding in mind um throughout the day versus like sort of being in in that intentionality but then sometimes drifting out and and allowing myself to be more distracted or disconnected um, and what that has done um, has been really profound because then um, as you're in a, in a state of more um, constant intentionality and in, about what you're feeling and the state that you're in and what you're holding in mind, that has allowed me to pull more on, you know, out from these like brain waves um, that I have access to. And I can, and then I can utilize those where it's like, okay. I wake up and I'm like, okay, what do I want to create today? How do I see my day? Like I can actually go into a theta state and I can visualize the day as I, you know, as I imagine it perfectly. And I can actually like live out the, the day for a few minutes in meditation in the morning. And then um, I can use alpha to like feel into like, okay, how do I want to feel? How joyful or how grateful do I want to feel? I can leverage like, that gear, if we think about it like a gear to a car, I can leverage that gear um, as I need. And then um, with gamma, I can, um, I mean, gamma does a lot of things. It sort of, uh, it connects the hemispheres of the brain and it, it sort of weaves everything together. So when you have a lot of, um, a lot of different things going on in your, um, in, in your, um, in your in your mind but also in your body and your in your uh, nervous system and everything going into a state of gamma will just like organize it at all and i think um it allows you to take action on it and also download things you know as a writer um like when i need to get a lot of um writing done in a short period of time i've found that i can just go into a gamma state get almost like a huge packet of information and then and then i'll just start typing and then it will just like come out um, without, without even me having to think about each individual piece of like what I, uh, what I downloaded, it will just sort of all be in this. Um, yeah. In, in this collection of information. So, so, so what I'm hearing, there are two use cases now that you have this supercar. Yes. First case uh, use case is before you start your day, you mm -hmm. en envision what's your ideal day. And then you can essentially visioneer, your day, you know, by yeah. putting yourself into a state of gratitude or joy or whatever the case, that's one use case. Another use case is you're about to uh, start a task, let's say writing something, and then you can use 
the state of gamma as an example to mm -hmm. get a download and then boom you know yeah. right away you can just write things down and then what comes so number one is that an accurate reflection yeah. of what you said yeah cool. all right yeah. so so uh what i'm also connecting is tony robin calls it priming so mm -hmm. by having this supercar you can easily prime yourself yes. to execute a specific task using a specific you know gamma for creative Eight. writing yeah. as an example yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Tony, I think he talks about getting into state a lot too, or something, some some language to that, um, some language to that effect. And yeah, that's um, that's a really really good use. Another thing that I will say, like like I said, as I've as I've become really fascinated by like how do we create or manifest things, and there's people that believe that um, uh, like there's a difference between thinking of or thinking about something and thinking from, so every, we all have desires, but if you think of about what you desire, most people think about it. And I, and, and I fell into this category of like, I would think um, they think about it in a way that separates themselves from it. It's like, I want it, but I don't have it. So I'm going to think about it in that way. Um, striving yeah. it's yeah Strive, let me yeah, let me let me striving. i don't have it so let me strive for it yeah let me get that thing mm -hmm. like how can i get it what do i need to do to get it like that mm -hmm. sort of all of those thoughts um whereas there's a school of thought that believes that um if you assume like assume that you already have it and then um ask yourself and and like actually utilize these capacities to say how would i feel who would i be in that state like if i already had what i was what i was creating and i don't separate myself from it but i assume that it's here now and that i feel as though it's here now how would i feel and how would i live um and that is a very different state than the state the separateness state of like wanting and striving um it's a much more energized much more complete much more at peace state because you're not like you're not reaching and grasping. Um, and it's sort of a paradox because people think like, oh, but if I do that, then I won't be motivated to work hard or, or go after it or chase my goals or try to get this thing if I already believe that I'm there. But um, there's, it's a paradox because I think our system knows what to do. And when we feed it that, um, when we feed it sort of that sensory input of like, it's already here and that I'm not separate from it. And it's not out there in the distance, but it's in my field now. Um, and if you really want to get like really esoteric, like it's, it's already exists in like another dimension and that maybe it's just not like arrived yet in this dimension. And that, um, but if you hold it in mind and in this energized state, and then this is where the reason I'm bringing this up is because you're asking, how do I utilize, um, brainwaves and one of the biggest ways I do them now is that like as I hold this feeling of like whatever I'm creating as though it were already here I can use brainwaves to kind of stay in that state and stay energized in that state um, because what you'll I think what most people will find is if they go into a state of like what they're what they want to create if they go into that state that it's already here they'll feel amazing. They'll feel really high. They'll feel excited. They'll feel like grateful. They'll feel all these incredible things. Um, but then what happens is that like life, like life hits and they, they think, Oh wait, like I look at, they look at their bank account and 
millions of dollars are not in their bank account or their, their relationship is like not the, you know, the dream relationship that they're holding in mind. And they're like, oh, it's not real. And they sort of like their state drops. But if you can actually continue, even in the, even in the evidence to the, even in like, like light of evidence to the contrary, if you can like stay in that high state that it's already here and that you, this feeling of knowing that like, this is real. Um, and this is like, it's an interesting game to play to yourself, but I've been experimenting with this lately. Um, can I just stay in that state more and more and more, regardless of like what's going around in my life or my world? Um, and I've been utilizing to, like my access to brainwaves to sort of stay in um, in that higher state more continuously throughout the day. Um, and it's been amazing at the very least. I mean, a lot of new opportunities have come into my life, but what I'll say, one of the biggest changes is that like me being in this state of more just like, like infinite possibilities and not cutting off the flow of like what's possible because it's like not realistic, like really just standing in that space of infinite possibility. Whenever I have communications about people about, their dreams or what they want to create or what they're doing. Um, I'm bringing like so much more energy and possibility to like our interactions or conversations or experience that they always walk away being like, Oh my God, like I feel, and like people have had miracles. Like people have had conversations with me and they like got new clients or they got like $80,000. Somebody just sent them out of the blue, like really weird stuff that I think is a sign that, you know, we, as we change our state and, and we live from a different state, like, like life around us reorganizes. Hey man, uh, this is noble warrior. So you're <laughs> speaking to someone who, again, right. The, the mental models, I, I'm right there with you. And again, this is my personal narrative. I used to came from the world of data. If there's no data, I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. So I was always in the mindset of striving mm -hmm. and that works to a certain extent, but it wasn't very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And now where I'm at today is, as you said, the reality I desire already exists. Who am I being so that I evoke or invoke such reality mm -hmm. to manifest? And so this is the way I, I rationalize to my logical mind. Mm -hmm. Hey, best case scenario, I got everything I want. Worst case scenario, I have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, so, you, hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> what's the loss? Exactly. Fuck yeah, let's like, go, um, you know? It's kind of like um, Pascal's wager in a way. Did you ever hear that in, in philosophy? So it was like, if you believe, if you believe in God um, and he exists, great, you go to heaven and um, you didn't really sacrifice a lot. If you don't believe, if, um, you know, if, and if, if you believe in God, again, if, if he doesn't exist, then... You know, you haven't you haven't made a huge sacrifice, but if you don't believe and he does exist, then you know, like the the point is is that like the there's not a lot of with me whether I manifest like a million things, uh, a million amazing things or not. Like that's that was sort of what I was also getting at is that um, being you have a lot more fun because you're just you're not feeling like in that striving, seeking. I'm incomplete. I won't be happy because so much of that process is like, I can't be happy until I get the thing. And then when I get the thing, I'll be happy. And we all know that's not 
you know, we get the thing and then we're, you know, that's right. All... That's right. It's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> such a letdown. We're yeah. Like, we're oh, on to the next, we're on to the next thing. Whereas if you actually bring the, the sense of completion and happiness here now, um, you kind of don't care whether you care, le- you still want the thing, but it doesn't matter as much whether it appears or not. And then somehow that attachment, right? Yes. The attachment, it relaxes. And then, and, and, and here, here's the interesting thing. I'm speaking to the younger CK as, as an example. When the attachment relaxes, guess what? I, I personally, I'll make it personal, have more access to, to new opportunities that I just wouldn't see otherwise, new ideas that I wouldn't see otherwise, new innovative results or innovative thoughts like, oh, I never thought I can, instead of just, this is the only way, now I can go this way, this way, this way, this way, infinite number of ways. So I'm not limited to just one way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's a very, that's a very practical, um, it's a very practical way to, to look at it because a lot of times too, I've noticed that too. Like if I've had a, um, some kind of challenge in life, like I, I need something or I need to create something. And then, um, sometimes I just, when you relax and you let go of the attachment, all of a sudden something that was like in your, in your life or like a con, it could be a contact. It could be an, a, a person, you know, whatever it happens to be, like the help is already there, but like, because you're in that close or, or anxious or tense state it wasn't like there was no space for it to appear and then all of a sudden um by just that subtle shift in your state like all of a sudden it's like it comes to the surface like oh why didn't i think about that like two weeks ago instead of stressing it was there for me all along but um it's about that openness to it so i want to double down on um anchoring a state because there's state changes and there's stages Mm -hmm. right in my mind how i'm articulating it this is yes you meditate yes you drink ayahuasca and you may experience temporary state mm-hmm. change but it's only through <clears throat> um prolonged practice then you can lengthen that space between stimulus and response and recall the state of joy or gratitude even when uh when uh, circumstances are really tough or you know mm-hmm. whatever the case may be right so in your practice, now that you're more conscious about um, sustaining that state of gamma, as an example, mm-hmm. what specific things are you doing to help you anchor that state so you can lengthen that time of gamma or that way of high vibes or being or infinite possibility, all those things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a couple answers for that. Like, I would say that. Of course, you know, like the, there's no substitute for the fundamentals. So meditating, meditating is, is, is a way to integrate and embed. So, you know, whatever you access, like in a um, plant medicine or, or brainwave training or whatever, any kind of healing experience, um, you know, just like consistent meditation or mindfulness practice will help integrate that more or just make it more of like a deeper part of your being. Um, I find that like for me, um, breath work is really powerful as well for um, like reactivating gamma, uh, like gamma brainwaves in particular, um, especially like the faster types of breath work, like um, um, like this huff and puff kind, like um, 
I'll send you, I'll send you some examples. I don't know if you have show notes, but we can put, um, yeah, we can put some examples for people, but um, that's one of the ways. Um, yeah. I mean, I've explored, I've explored so many things. One of the, um, but the idea of anchoring to me is also, um, it's a, it's a, it's a deeper question because I think um, there are ways that we can, um, how can I put this into words without getting too uh, esoteric? You can go as esoteric <laughs> as you like. <laughs> I think that um, like gamma is, is one, but all, all, all brainwaves give you access to sort of what like Joe Dispenza people call like the field, like the field of consciousness, the field. And, you know, we have our own fields and then we have like shared fields with people. And I think that, um, I think that we can, um, we can start to, by what we hold energetically and like what we hold in mind, like having a, a force of intention as we, as we modulate our state, we can actually like install things into our, our nervous system and into our field that basically like will self perpetuate. Um, and so we'll like keep you anchored. Like you don't even have to bring up an anchor I think it's, it can be powerful. Like if you have an image or you have a word, or if you have something that you can associate with a state that will recall that state for you. But I think even the next level is like the state is just running. Um, it's, it's self, <laughs> it's self running. You don't even need the anchor. And so that's where I'm, um, I'm, I'm really curious and sort of exploring, like, how do we, how do we do that? Um, and it seems like, um, that is like one of the, I, I would say like one of the things that has really fascinated me about the, the manifestation process and like the being hyper-conscious of what you hold in mind and the state that you're in all the time is that I think um, our desires in that, in that more desires that are pursued in that more conscious way they um they come up in us as like a it's almost like a spiritual carrot it's made for us to um to hold in mind and then to go through a process where then we have to transform in order to like realize that to, to manifest it to actualize it right and then at the end of that realization or that transformation um what we what we actually like pursue doesn't really matter that much what matters is like who we became in the growth that we achieved in that, um, in that process. And so um, I think it's like super important to, um, to, to really figure out, like, um, I think that there's a difference between desires that we're conditioned to have uh, and desires that are really like spring from the heart and that are really authentic. And those I think um, when we turn sort of our manifestation capacity, our, our focus, our intentionality, our state, our, our ability to feel all of those things, and we direct it at something that is really comes from our heart and is really inspiring to us, um, I think it becomes a super powerful vehicle for self-actualization that will take you through all ranges of like experiences and opportunities and serendipities that will um, cause you to grow in ways that um, 
wouldn't be possible if you didn't pursue that um, desire. So that's why I've become so interested in um, quote unquote manifestation is not um, about what you get, but about it, the process as a catalyst for growth and awakening. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about the thing that we want, right? I mean, yes, the thing that we want give us at least again, I'll make it personal, gives mm -hmm. me a very short lived satisfaction. But ultimately what I care about today is who am I being Mm -hmm. in that am i being joyous am i being inspiring whatever the case may be like whoever's watching and listening yeah. to me that's the more important because as they say people are not going to remember what you do or what you say they're going to remember how you make them feel mm -hmm. so who you be in my mind is the most um powerful source to that yeah so i want to ask you a question because you're about all about um you're good now, right? You can manage, you have a supercar of a mind. You can mm -hmm. change your state at, 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 at will. Um, now you want to build community that helps it, perhaps in a more scale way to shift consciousness. What's the mm -hmm. dream? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're building with these crypto guys and what do you want to do and all those things? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a lot of things. Um, yeah, the the um, the crypto group, it's called the Conscious Wealth and Influence Collective. Um, that is one um, that is one dimension. It's more uh, it's a smaller group. It's more high ticket. It's more it's more of like a top down approach. So it's about like helping leaders raise their level of consciousness. And then the, the ultimate dream of that would be to create like a kind of tease a Star Wars metaphor, like a Jedi Council of of people that are like of the light that have also though a lot of power and resources that um, can come together and think about um, different challenges or problems or changes that are possible in the world and then have the ability to actually like move chess pieces around and you know on the planet in order to facilitate change in these areas so that's like the the long-term um, vision of that and we are incorporating like brainwave training and a lot of this stuff um, in that um in that group as well and then um the other um the other thing that i'm doing right now is working on um working on actually like a series of products um that will help people activate more gamma and and other other brain waves basically um including all the way to like the free like um things like where you don't need technology basically just things that you can do to um, enhance, yeah, enhance your brainwaves on all levels, specific meditations, breath work, um, other practices and things like that. Um, so that'll be coming out in a, um, in a few months, because I also do want to like give everyone like more access to this stuff and at whatever level they're, you know, they can afford or, or participate, including even like, again, free, um, free tools, but yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm starting more to get um, speaking opportunities around this topic because I think um, it's becoming a really interesting emerging field of like, how can we, um, now that there's actual like science behind a lot of this, it's like, what if um, our ability to be happy is actually just a matter of modulating like our nervous system and our brain waves and our um you know, the energy in our, in our system and that we can train this and all of a sudden 
through training, we can access, you know, we can just go directly to states of happiness without having to need a drug, without having to have even success or any of the things that we thought were requirements to be happiness, just go straight to the state um, directly and be able to stay there or go there as much as we want. And so that's like the big question or the a big theme of what I'm pondering and like what I'm looking to teach and, and share with people. Amazing, man. I know that you have a hard stop at 45. Is that correct? Yes. Still? Is that the case? Okay, great. So we'll wrap. So what's one thing if people are still listening, right? They're inspired by Tony and his systematic way to build this supercar of a mind of a consciousness. What's one thing you wanted to leave them with? Hmm. Um, I think it's, yeah, it, it, a lot of it is, is, um, is connected to what I was saying earlier, where it's really developing the discipline of thinking, not just thinking, but thinking and feeling and being from, from not, not about, but from the state of what you want to create in your life and following those cues of like what excites you or what lights you up most. And then really making a decision. Okay, like this is who I am. This is what I wanna create. And then being super intentional, you know, even down to every moment about what, what you're holding in mind, what you're feeling and um, what energetic state you're in. And then um, doing as much as you can in your life um, you know, including meditation, like what you eat, like how you live your life to support your capacity to stay in that state. Because I promise, like, as I've seen, and as I've explored all different ranges of like experiences and psychedelics and neuro mystic, like that being able to stay in that place is really, um, it's, it's really, really profound. And um, I think we all have that capacity. And, and yeah, that's what I want people to, to leave with. And I will say that doing things to unlock your energy, um, I'll share with you a meditation that I think is one of the, um, um, the most powerful, like I've ever come across. Um, it's from sort of an esoteric Buddhist meditation that not that many people know about, but um, apparently like Buddha, um, the, of all the meditations that he came across, like this was the one that he believed would lead to enlightenment fastest. And when Buddhism went from India to China, like this was the, the one that was predominantly taught. Um, it's called white skeleton meditation and I've done it. And um, it has a really, really big impact on your energy, on your nervous system, on your ability to heal. Um, yeah. So I would love for you to like give that to people in the, show notes or however you disseminate the information as well. Amazing. Hey, Tony, I want to take a moment to really acknowledge you. Thank you so much for just, you know, our interactions. You've been nothing <laughs> but kind and joyous and you Thank brought you. together some really cool group of people and from one seeker to another, right? Someone who's systematically experimenting with all different kinds of modality in a very sincere, earnest way. I just really appreciate how you live your life, how you, you know, who you're being. And I could see, I could see why those uh, billionaires would say, Hey man. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> 
may may all of the listeners in embody and be inspired by you know your way of being and 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 do that for themselves. So thank you so much for being here on Noble Warrior. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This is great.